With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the American Seasons podcast. We're alive and well, and I'm here with Josh. My name's Gray. I forgot that part. I haven't done this in so long that I'm just going to ruin every norm that we have. Hi, Josh. How's it going, man? <laughs> Complicated, you right? Know, we've ruined enough norms in this country over the last 18 months. We might as well mess up the podcast, too. So... Yeah. I, you know, I feel bad that we've let it sit. That's, There's just been... That's the only hot take that I have for today. That's not true. Um, Great. We've just had so much going on that it's just kind of sat on the back burner. We both moved, like, we both made significant changes. We, we recorded a podcast several weeks ago, and then when I went to edit it, my audio had not recorded. So it was uh, John and Josh talking to each other and me, the ghosts in the room, doing nothing. Sit, which, which was amusing, but didn't really make for good content. So, and we felt bad because John wasn't available for this or the second one that we planned. That the, the one that, time we recorded and I get it back and it's half empty. So <laughs> that's kind of the life that we live. These these things happened to us before, but we recorded more frequently, so we just sort of covered it up. Not right, not right now. We just messed it up. So, God willing, I've tested this three times. God willing, you can hear me right now. And um, if you can't, well, you won't hear any of this, but it doesn't matter. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, and this is basically just going to be sort of a freewheeling discussion because we're not coming off a game. There's an international break going on right now. Um, so we're not coming off a specific game. And there is a game this weekend, but it's not. I mean, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but. This is not really a game-specific podcast. It's just more of a freewheeling look at all things Manchester City, since you haven't heard from us since the Lincoln administration. So, I guess we start with the competition that's still interesting. And by interesting, I mean, like, interesting in a there's doubt as to who's going to win it standpoint. That being the Champions League. Um, where City have progressed... Rather unremarkably, they killed the tie in the first leg. They decided they didn't need to bother to play in the second leg against Basel, which, okay, whatever. And, and now have been fated to face Liverpool in the last eight of the Champions League. Um, you had, I believe, some feelings about this draw. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of saw it coming as did the rest of the world. I'm not alone there. My roommate came in and after the draw, and uh, he goes, so who'd City end up getting? And uh, I just looked at him. He's like, really, Liverpool? <laughs> it's just, I didn't even say the name of the team. You know, I just looked at him. And uh, yeah, it, was, uh, it was strange, I think, for everybody, because... I felt like there were opportunities for some great ties in in that Champions League round, and in in you're, you you are getting one or two, but you're kind of getting a redo with with P 
PSG in in Juventus. And uh, good lord, that's going to be a weird game because both those teams are crap and good. You know, it's it's sort of been an odd year for both of those teams. Juventus is definitely not been playing up to uh to their capabilities uh and 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 so too with madrid though now with the changes that zidane makes it looks like they're they're starting to gel a little bit more but at this point i mean it's too little too late like much like the premier league there there are two teams that are just you know i'm not even going to put Bayern in that crap because as far as I'm concerned, like, the Bundesliga is just, I don't even know, dude. Like, I'm, <laughs> I have my issues with the Bundesliga. But I really felt like there were an opportunity for some great ties. And I don't know if it's fixed. I don't know. I don't care. I, you know, I mean, if it is, whatever. There's not much that you're going to do about it. You're going to continue to get stuff like this until you insert yourself in the conversation by either winning it once or multiple times. So, um... I get, I get the, the, you know, the draw worked out the way it did, but man, you know, I can't help but feel like it just, it, it, I don't know, man. I really would have loved to have seen like City versus Real or City versus Bayern or something like that, you know. I think it's always a letdown when you get a domestic opponent in the Champions League because yeah. you play them all the time already. We don't get to play any of these other teams in actual meaningful competitive games and it's kind of a letdown to you know ooh, we could get all these interesting teams that we don't play and we got liverpool it's not even that like i mean regardless of my feelings as to liverpool as a tie as to how it impacts city progressing it's just kind of i would have rather had someone else if only for the variety of it because yeah i mean we've seen liverpool twice this year already um, you know, we, we didn't get him in a, in, a, in a domestic cup competition, but we could have twice. And it's just, you know, the Champions League represents the opportunity to do something different and watch something different and see something different. And instead, see something potentially amazing, yeah, too. Not and, that this won't. And, I mean, I think it's going to be two really good games from a football standpoint, but should be. It's, it's, it's all it's. It's two really good games that we've already seen versions of this year, and that I think is is is, the, is kind of the where the letdown comes in because I don't know. We see Liverpool, especially when there were only two. Like I understand if like you know uh, uh, Manchester United hadn't botched it at home to Sevilla, or um, I'm not even going to put Chelsea in there. Spurs should have gone through. Yeah, Spurs definitely should have gone through, too. Like, they botched their own. So you look at two other teams that could and probably should have based on... If, if Manchester United should have made this round based on sheer money spent versus, mm-hmm. you know, money spent. Like, I mean, let's just be to real. To be blunt, there should have been four English teams here. There should have been. And there really should have if been. That, then, if you get that draw when there's four, then okay, you, fine. There's nothing you can do about that. Those are the odds. Someone's, you know? going, to, someone's going to clash with someone. Mm-hmm. But when you have two English teams and, you know, you've got... There are three Spanish teams. And, you know, <laughs> of course, Barcelona got Sevilla. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah, it does seem to happen that way, doesn't it? It uh, does. I just... 
you know, I th I think it's 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 going to be a good tie. It is exciting in its own way, but it could have been more. Um, and and you look and you look at Bayern getting a walkover, and and Barca got Roma, and Bayern got Seville, yeah. and those are consistent. Yeah, it's, I didn't even I didn't even know off the top of my head. Which is, that's that's the funny thing. Three three Spanish teams and none of them drew each other. Yeah. Two English teams and they end up together. How how does that work? Yeah, and the Italian team there's two Italian teams. They didn't draw each other, so <laughs> we we just get the short end of the stick here, I suppose. And and I don't I don't I don't think it's fixed. I just think that it worked out stupidly. Uh, yeah. So, well, the only reason I have a mindset that there's a potential for <laughs> no, because Shep Blatter and, and I and I showed this article to people and I don't know if people have seen it, but after his ouster, Shep Blatter, I was actually talking. I I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was the Guardian, but I could be wrong here. It could have been like the Telegraph or something. But anyway, th this. This is something he said. I'm not making this up. I've, I've read this article multiple times. But <clears throat> he said that they fixed this, the, this draw many, many times. And the way that they do it is with hot and cold balls. Uh, so you take the balls and you, you either put them in a freezer or you, you heat them up in some way. Or you just have cold, like really cold balls and fucking normal balls. Um, it, it, but the, that's how they fix the draws with hot and cold balls. And this is per set bladder. This is not me coming up with a crazy conspiracy theory. This is the guy who used to run FIFA saying we fix the Champions League draw by doing this. As a Cubs fan, my middle name is Ryan, R-Y-A. So, yeah, I've got a half in my mind to think, okay, this could be, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I yeah. tend to think it just worked out. I that mean, way. I totally would. I, if, if someone came out with evidence that the UEFA's draws were cooked, I would not be surprised. You wouldn't um, even. On the other hand, I'm not, and I'm not trying to, like, pour cold water on you, but I would rate Sepp Blatter as not the world's most reliable narrator. No! And, and, <laughs> and somebody else brought this up, but here's the thing, man. Like, it's it's not always about narration. Sometimes it's just like, well, look, man, I'm already cooked. My reputation is already torn asunder. Now I can I can stay relevant by saying and giving away these secrets. It doesn't always mean that they're not there. Or that, that they're not true. And I mean, you can see this in, in modern day. You know, the guy who, who wrote, uh, you know, Shadow wrote that book for Trump. Like, all of a sudden, he's the Trump expert. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to get po political here. I'm just saying, you see people who do those things, they, they stay relevant in the media by talking about how it's done behind the scenes. So, yeah, Seth absolutely. absolutely could be full of crap. But are you telling me that that doesn't sound like an honest thing? Like, that's way too specific for me. Way too specific. I wouldn't have thought of that. Can, can we get Seth Blatter under oath? Because I would love to hear that. That would yeah. be fascinating. <laughs> um, tons of stuff. Like, if that guy wanted to take, like, you, that guy knows where the bodies are, you know? Like, probably I don't literally. Think 
I don't think telling people, oh, the UEFA draw was cooked by doing this is, like, anything to him, you know? I mean, we That's, already know that the, the, the World Cups have been sold for profit, so... Yeah, it, this is sort of like Chuck Blazer coming out and, and telling everyone how everything went. After and that he, is 100% true, I believe that. Right, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't doubt Seth Blatter on this one, but that said... That doesn't mean what happened then with a fixed draw is what happened, you know, this year. You know, it's not the same thing. So this draw just could have been wonky, but I don't know, man. There's there's enough oddities there where I'm like, really? That's how that worked out? Mm -hmm. So let's talk, now that we've established that... That the, the draw is rather disappointing from the standpoint of a fan watching the Champions League for me. Let's talk about the actual competition. Um, it's very strange to me that people act like that first game at the Eddie had against Liverpool this season just didn't happen. Or more accurately, it shouldn't really count against Liverpool because they had a sending off in the first half. Mm-hmm. Red cards happen. They are part of the game. And people, I think people um, really latch onto that one because it was controversial. Um, but it happened, and Liverpool's response to going down to 10 men was to utterly capitulate. I think that... And, and, and look, the game at Anfield was 4-3. Now, was it really... I would argue that perhaps that score flattered City in a certain regard, but at the same time, Liverpool basically played a 10-minute period in the second half where they were like, no, you're dead, and we are going to rip you from sh- rip you shreds, and you're never going to come back. This wasn't a good two minutes for John Stones either. No, it was not, and I will hazard a guess that he won't be playing in either of these games, barring some sort of injury. But... I want to have a conversation about that a little bit later. Yeah, me. absolutely. But I think there's a lot of reasons to look at the first two games as not necessarily predictive, but I think that people are being far too dismissive because, you know, I think there's a romanticism on the whole in both the media and among many fans. There is a romanticism involving Liverpool in the Champions League. Because they have a his, such a comprehensive history in it as a competition, and Anfield is such a historic ground steeped in the European nights. But I think that people get a bit too hung up on that. There's all this talk about City are going to walk into Liverpool and they're going to crap their pants because the atmosphere is just going to be so overwhelming. Um, Should we talk about that? I'd for, love to for talk like about that. For one thing, City have already played at Anfield this year. Uh, I know that they lost that game, but they didn't, you know, it's it's not like they're going to go in there not knowing what they're go what what to expect. Moreover, how many of these guys have played in Spain, they've played at the Bernabeu, they've played at the New Camp, they've played... It, it's People act like just because City as a club do not have a deep history in the Champions League means that every single player on their team has never seen this competition before, never competed in a difficult environment, and has never succeeded in a difficult environment, and it's stupid. 
Yeah, you know, you you look at this team in particular, and you know, Raheem Sterling has had some some seriously memorable goals for City in the Champions League. Um, clutch goals. Uh, a goal that sent City through. Um, City also reached the semifinal of this competition and went to the Bernabeu and arguably probably could have won if they did anything, but Manuel Pellegrini decided he was not going to attack that game. Interesting strategy, and City went out to, to the eventual champions, won nothing I'm on aggregate. Own goal. Yeah, won nothing on aggregate. Like, come on now. Like, that's something City could have, they could have been in the final that year. Which is hilarious, <laughs> because that is the worst City team of the last... Right. Six, seven years? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I, I don't know. It's where where I'm curious that Liverpool fans have, have gone is, is all of these things that have gone around. Um, <coughs> talking about bricks, bangers, you know, beating on a bus. And, uh, you know, my question is why? Like, I understand establishing an atmosphere, which I think you can do from inside and outside the ground without trying to, because this is what it comes down to. You're deliberately trying to scare someone. That's what it is. If anybody were to answer that question honestly, like if I were to ask Liverpool fans, well, why would you want to do that? The answer would be, well, you know, we want to, we want to, you know, show them it's our environment, rattle them a little, scare them. Yeah, that's it. Bingo, right there. You said it. You want to scare people. You want to intimidate them. But you want to do it through means of physical force rather than a loud atmosphere and a competitive team. That's an interesting approach. Like, do you think City are just that much better than Liverpool to the point where you have to throw actual crap at their bus? Um, I, it's just, I, I, remember, I don't know, man. I remember when I remember in 2014 when we had to go to uh, to Anfield in April. At the time, it looked like they were playing the game for the title, um, and you know, perhaps not on that level, but they definitely tried to do the same thing. And City went in there. They went two nil down in the first half hour. Promptly came back to make, settled down in the second half, came back to make it 2-2, and then lost because Vincent Company buffed to Clarence. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities between that Liverpool team and the one of today. I think they're better in attack, but they have the same defensive frailties um, that can be exploited if you get at them. And I think that's what people are forgetting. It's like, look, they also have to come here, here being the Eddie had, and they have to come to Manchester... And City are going to take the initiative at home, and their defense is going to be repeatedly tested. This is not rocket science. Mm-hmm. And how much faith do you have in Dejan Lovren to hold up under under that sort of pressure? Right. I think even but- the most optimistic Liverpool fan would tell you, eh. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is this goes back to exactly what you were saying. Run down the Liverpool roster and find me the dudes that have steep, you know, uh, Champions League experience. Oh, wait. 
You know, it's yeah. like, look, man, this Liverpool Steven team... Gerrard ain't walking through that door. Right. There are more players on City with vast Champions League experience than there are on this Liverpool for, team. Forget the Champions League for a moment. Silva is a World Cup winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I know several of the others have gone, you know, Gundogan's played in the Champions League final. Gundogan's also a World Cup winner. Yes. Although, I believe, he wasn't he hurt that year? No, Sammy Kadira was. Okay. Um, oh, you should have been. I don't know. I don't yeah, think well, he... I mean, either way, Gundogan played in and scored in a Champions League final. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... It's, Who's arguably the best player on the pitch for Dortmund in that Champions League final? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aguero's played in a World Cup final. Yeah. Particularly well, but he played in it. Um, <laughs> Arge- a broken Argentina Aguero is is, is, is broken. Um, yeah. Gabriel Jesus played in an Olympic in front of his home country in Brazil, I believe. No, that was, that was four years ago. Um, he played... No, he did. He did. Oh, it's, oh 2016. Yeah, 2016. Rio. He played in Rio. Yeah, he was he was in the Rio Olympics for Brazil. Which, if you've ever watched, if if you remember how the 2014 World Cup ended, um, there's a lot of pressure when you play for Brazil in Brazil. <laughs> um, that's that's no joke. Which reminds me, Fernandinho played in that World Cup as well. Um, this this team have ridiculous amounts of experience, you know. Uh, Belgium are a great team, you know, still still searching to find that next level, but definitely one of the more competitive teams in the nation. And God, Sterling's played for England and gotten raked over the coals for every little thing he's ever done. You think he's going to go? I, I do think that Liverpool get in his head. Yeah, I'd be curious. Do you start um, Silva over, over him? That's, that's an interesting one. Hasn't Bernardo Silva's played in a European final, European Cup final? Uh-huh. Um, well, now that you mention it. Um, and won it. But, yeah, that's a, that's a really good I think a lot of it comes down, because Bernardo Silva's been in such great form lately. That's um, where I'm And then he's rattled. I mean, this is what what you do. If, if Anyone who comes to City acting like, oh, you know, if you have Bernardo Silva's attitude, you're going to be just fine because he spent the first part of the season marginalized because Sterling and Sané had such a, Blistering. Such a rip on those two starting wing positions, and then Sterling gets hurt, and Silva comes in and plays flawlessly. And now you're just saying, well, now, now maybe Sterling has to dislodge him. Um, on current form, I'm starting Silva, honestly. Um, yeah. I, especially I, when you take yeah. in, because I don't think... Sterling's become very strong mentally, and he has pushed aside a lot of the noise, especially this season. But Liverpool get in his head. I don't think there's any disputing that. When he plays at Anfield, it does get in his head. Because they are on him like he murdered someone. And, you know, it's it's one thing to go to every ground in the Premier League and get booed for no discernible reason. Um, there you can just sort of push it aside as stupidity. I think he does, if not necessarily have regret over, over how the Liverpool move went down. I think that he wishes they understood better because I do think that he enjoyed playing for Liverpool and all that. So 
I think beyond the levels of abuse being so much higher at Anfield than they are everywhere else, I do think that he feels like he misunderstood by the fans and wishes it wasn't that way. So, it's a tough one. But I, I don't think you can dispute that, that there is some sort of psychological impact. I think another part of it is that he really wants to do something against them, and I think that, that he presses, honestly when he plays Liverpool because we've seen him take ch have chances and miss chances against Liverpool and he, I think he so badly wants to be like be like look I'm better than you thought I was I'm wor I, you know I was taken yeah. for granted I you know you you dismissed me as 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 it's okay we have Jordan I when I walked out the door um so I think there's a lot that goes on in his head when he plays Liverpool, and I think it's not beneficial to him playing freely and successfully. I really love the people who said, let him go. We've got Jordan Ibe. He's What's ten Jordan times. Ibe doing right now? Is he yeah. like not even first choice at Bournemouth or something? <laughs> He's ten times the player Sterling is. Okay. <laughs> I know that's like, that's like normal for, you know, everyone... There, when you when you're in for a guy and you don't sign him, the first response is, "Oh, we didn't want him or need him anyway." And when you sell a guy, it's like, "Oh, we don't need," you know. But really, Jordan Ibe, <laughs> you had no one else to at least like point to. You went with Jordan Ibe. It's, <laughs> I I think in in you know this sort of Silva versus Sterling uh, debate because because I look at. Okay, first off, how are you setting up? Are you playing three at the back against Liverpool? No, like, we're not like... changing things now. Okay. There's been they have been way too successful with what they've with been the doing. With the four three three. Okay. To, to, I think really start. I mean, I mean, this is me. For all I know, Guardiola might go with that because this is what he does. Yeah. He's all right. Paid so to do crazy things in these games. He's done it before. He got Bayern knocked out of the Champions League. Let's be honest, but. <laughs> Just there, there's plenty of precedent for Guardiola throwing everything that's been successful out the window and going like, yeah, this is how we're going to do this in the Champions League. So, again, I just want to note, this is me saying that, not necessarily a prediction of what will be. Carry on. Um, all right. So if if you're presuming with the 4-3-3, where's Mendy? I know Mendy's back in training, but when... If he's fit enough, it, yeah. Okay, so presumably he should be fit for one or two of the... Uh, we'll, uh, we'll take it as a hypothetical. We'll use that as a hypothetical. Okay, do you start him? I think it depends on how much game time he has before, if any. I wouldn't throw him in there completely cold, because especially against the Liverpool press, that's a lot to ask of a player who hasn't played in six... Seven. My problem with that is, if you don't do that, you're resigned to Oleksandr Zinchenko. <laughs> and... Liverpool is <laughs> he going to get torn apart. Look, I, I like I like I, Alexander Zinchenko, but because, he's not ready for the top level, either attacking or defending yet at that position. Yeah, he's you can he's, throw him in there against like a mid-table team and get away with it, but he's not. We've seen it in several games. He, yeah, he's he, not at that level yet. He's I don't got, know if he ever but, even will be. He's a winger playing as a wing back for one thing. A very a very cultured left foot, but yeah, he is playing out of position. He's a natural number 10. He is not a left back. Do we know if Delph will be back 
I don't know, but that's the, you're now you're starting with the same problem as Mendy. I know no, Mendy, yeah, is, I... but do you go with Delph because he's played a lot of the season? Because here's the thing: when Mendy started, they were not scored upon. City were not scored upon, and Mendy was delivering that ball. He's also got the pace to keep up and provide. He's the only left back they have that can provide that kind of pace. Danilo is, he's got some speed to him. I would definitely say he's probably faster than Zinchenko, but he's not Benjamin Mendy. Danilo also also has a mistake in him every so often. Um, Not that, you know, I like him though. Every player doesn't, but I, I think, I think as a defender, Danilo is a lot better than what you typically see out of Brazilians, which tend to be more attacking fullbacks. I think Danilo is has has got some defensive ability in him. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm I, I don't know. It's a tough one for me. But <clears throat> OK, now the problem. Now we go with center backs. Are you going with Otamendi and company? Yes. Or are you bringing in Laporte? I'm not bringing in Laporte. Not for this. I am. Look, okay. I mean, I have, I have, you, you have followed me on Twitter for, God, three years now at least. You know that I have plenty of problems with, 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 with that center back pairing. Um, I, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I'm because Laporte is a better ball player than both of them. He's also a natural left-footed uh, center back, yeah. so you could put him at the back, put him at the left side, slot Otamendi in at the right, which I think makes for a better defensive pairing because Laporte isn't going to misplace a pass. <clears throat> I think, I think first off, Otamendi plays either way, no matter what. Yeah, He's been the number one center back all season long. There is no reason to change that at this point. Um, nope. So it comes down, and Stones for me is a non-factor unless someone's nope, hurt. I'm, nope, I'm not playing Stones in either of these ties. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's. I, I do want to talk about John Stones later on because I think there's some stuff to deal with there. But, so it comes down to Laporte and company. And I freely admit that this is... Perhaps a bit of romanticism on my part, but I just, when he's fit, he still has it, company does. Yeah. And I know. just have such a hard time sitting him for a game He's like not, this. he's not. He's the, not, yeah, I know, he's not as good at what will be demanded of, of the center backs in that game. And he's going to make a mistake. He does get a little flustered when the game starts to speed up and you have to move that ball. And I just think that Laporte and Otamendi provide you with a much more sound foundation for circulating the ball because Laporte can just get a left foot on it, ping it over to whoever's playing the left back or whatever the case may be. I, I don't know, man. I, I love the captain. I love the captain. But we know what Jurgen Klopp is going to do to Pep Guardiola. We, we've seen this enough times that we know what's going to happen for both teams. I mean, Jurgen knows that in, in especially uh, the Premier League, it is much more difficult to play that gig and pressing style that, that he employed at uh, 
at Dortmund. There's just simply way too many games in the Premier League to do that. You you have to pick your spots and do it. But in the Champions League, he'll pick his spot. And I, for me, it's having guys that are going to be comfortable on the ball at all times. And company, you've even mentioned mistakes and European mistakes by company. And I have things that he does a lot. He is the captain. He is that dude. But you want to start the guys that just, I mean, you look at Laporte's passing statistics since he's arrived at City. I mean, the dude's kicking at, at, at a better pass rate than some outfielders. It's I just the 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 the. I think what it comes down to for me is this, and I already know your answer because you've basically made it clear. If you think that Laporte can handle that sort of the sort of pressure that's going to be thrown at him by Liverpool's forwards, I'm okay with it. If you believe that he can handle that, I do. Okay. Yeah, that's it then. That was that. That's basically my my question. All right, so we know we're we're starting Aguero. You've got. I'm starting Aguero. Yeah. Okay. He's I... he's been look. He's been in more, better form than Jesus had. I mean, yep. Jesus was hurt, and Jesus still looks like he's still trying to figure out how to fit back. So he is getting his bearings back. I think he's getting... absolutely getting his bearings back. That's... I have all the faith in the world in him, but here. I'm going with Aguero. And I don't think this is in any debate. The I, number yeah, I, I think every I think the rest of the team picks itself, honestly. So you, since, you're, since you we already discussed the, the Silva uh, versus Sterling question. So that's, you've that's got the only other doubt that I would have because Fernandinho Silva and De Bruyne play in the center of midfield and Sané plays as a winger. That's it. Yep. Yep. Easy. This is, for a team with all the with all the talent that it has, it really does pick itself in so many places. <laughs> It does. I mean, well, well, you know, we always struggle to say this is going to be the team, but I think this is where we can we have. We now know the team, <laughs> or at least like 80% of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – here, here's a question. Do you play the same team home and away, or do you tweak it based on where you're at? I think I think you see where you're at with – I mean, if, if City – if, if City pound Liverpool five nothing again at the Etihad, I think you pick another, or, or you know, I think you pick another team. You know, like you can that way you can win the uh, win the title at United, and then you go back to Liverpool with a strong team, but maybe not a team you, you, you can get away with some stuff. I think I think it depends on what happens in that first leg. I really do. Yeah. I, I think that first leg is going to be the, the the informing leg for Guardiola. I think he'll make the rest of his decisions around that. I'm actually glad that the second leg is the one at home and not the first one. I prefer it that way. Yeah. Because then you know you can walk into your home stadium knowing exactly what you have to do. And I much prefer that to like, okay... You, you take a two. You, let's let's just suppose that City had the first lay at home and won at three one. It's like okay, good, but we have to, you know. Then you have. I think you have it in your head, and I know that they'll play to win both legs. But then you have it in your head. Okay, we have to either score once or not give up two. Blah, 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 you know, when you're playing at home, 
it's right there for you, you have the fans behind you, and you know exactly what you need to do. And I much prefer it that way. Yeah. I think I think having it that way, it it lends itself to being able to do more in the second leg. I I hate when you have to go away first. It's yeah, a, I, because every time that City uh, have been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but every time that City have gone out in the knockout stage of the Champions League, which to be fair has only been twice um no 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 it's been more it's been, it's been four times they went out to monaco they went out to they, monaco last yeah hold on 14 they went out to barca 15 yep. they went out to barca yeah and then, and then real madrid and then yeah. yeah i know against um Real, the second leg was away. Again, Monaco, the second leg was away. The first time against Barca, the second leg was away. I don't... I believe the third, second time against Barca was also the second leg was away. Um, so, if I'm remembering correctly, every time City have been knocked out of the Champions League, it's been with an away leg in the second leg. Um, and when they beat PSG, they were at home in the second leg. I don't think there's any, like, causation correlation here, but... It's just- that it's just a stat but i also think that like there's a feeling to it there's a certain feeling to it and it helps i think yeah definitely Uh. Uh, so before we move on to league matters how i mean i know that this is still like two or three weeks off too i believe honestly um how do you see City getting on in this tie? Everton? Uh, the Liverpool tie. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's going to be... I I honestly think that this is a winnable tie for, for Guardiola. I know that Jurgen has beaten him more times than any other manager in the Premier League, but there is a reason that City are 16 points clear at the top, and it's not because they, you know, Liverpool. Sure, they are the only team to beat them this year in the Premier League. City are not flat track bullies. Yeah, but City are not flat track bullies, and 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 you know, there's a very clear reason why people consider City one of the favorites to potentially win the entire thing. <clears throat> and I just think that there's no way Liverpool would get beyond the, the semifinals no matter what. I, I, I think that, yep, Heinke's Bayern would pick them apart, and I, I think Barca would pick them apart. And, and I honestly believe that now, especially with Zidane having switched over to a new look 4-4-2 over there at Real Madrid and finding more success, Cristiano Ronaldo getting on more. I, I think that uh, uh, Real Madrid would beat them too. I mean, you look at what they did to to, to PSG and, and they were crap at the time. I mean, if anything, you kind of look at that PSG tie as like a turning point for Real Madrid on the season, if you know. It's uh, all, it should also, I think, be, and this is off topic, but I can can that be the end of us taking PSG seriously as a European power until they do something to warrant it? Yeah. I, oh, do you think Neymar is going to be there? 
I have my doubts. He's already asking them for more money. Yeah, I don't but, think it's gonna happen. But, but yeah, that that tie was the end of if if I ever even did, the end of me taking PSG seriously as European power. They're not in the upper echelon of European powers, despite yeah. all their talent. They're not there. No, um, I don't think they will be there. I don't think they're gonna get a manager. It's, uh, it's hard you, to well maybe. <laughs> My dream is that Mourinho leaves, not dream, but like, I just have this vision in my head where Mourinho bends Man United over and leaves for Paris. Oh, and and then Paris goes from being this brilliant attacking football to like, Mm -hmm. you know, completely pissing off everyone, degrading Mm -hmm. PSG and turning them into an even crappier club. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, but we can only dream. Here's the thing about the Liverpool tie for me. I think they can absolutely win it, um, especially if you can expose Liverpool's defensive frailties, as teams have done in both the Premier League and sometimes in Europe. You can beat them. And for for all the right talk, the correct talk about how Klopp has had a lot of success against Guardiola on a curve, it's not like Pep hasn't beaten him before. Mm-hmm. So I'm a believer. I'm all in. Uh, this team, you know, I'm, I usually I tend to be rather cynical on sports. Just it, it's partially as, as a way to steal myself for the worst, and partially because you know this city team hasn't always been successful in Europe. But this team, I'm I'm just I'm not going to doubt this team. They've done things that I never would have imagined seeing a Manchester City team do. So you know what? If anybody's earned the benefit of the doubt. It's these guys, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give it to them right now. This is some of the most beautiful football I've ever seen, and honestly, like, I'm I'm really hoping <laughs> that this Pep contract extension gets announced. Because... I think it will. I think it will. Yeah, there's, I, I... there's a lot of noise. Even when from the time he arrived at Bayern, there were always a lot of noises of, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. He's basically admitted, yeah, I, li- I like it here. I like working here. These are the great young players. I think it gets done. I think he's here for at least five years, maybe more. I, I, I agree with you, especially looking at all the talent he's brought in, and, and, and he's barely this gotten his hands on. This is the most power he's ever had at any club he's managed. Yeah, this is... Barcelona, you're, you know, for as much power and as much respect as he had at Barcelona, he was still beholden to the internal politics of that club. And it eventually drove him away it from It did drive him, especially once Laporta was out the door as president, I believe. Yep. And then when he got when to Sandro, fire, When yeah. Sandro came in, he just, he and Sandro just couldn't do yeah, it. That was the end. And when he got to Bayern, he never had that power because he was basically an outsider walking into you know the ultimate insider organization so he never had they I mean, didn't they sell cross behind over his head they all sort yeah of things. well cross they felt what he he wanted to keep cross but yeah i mean they they just didn't want I, to pay. at the very least it was over his objections Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he he never he fired Hans Wilhelm Wolfhart Muller over their objections, yeah. and then they I mean, went back. It's not that he was completely powerless. They brought they bought Thiago for him. They did all they did a lot of things for him. But he was still beholden to the internal power structure at Bayern Munich. 
whereas this he, entire yeah power, the entire power structure here is built around him and Soriano and uh, Big Stan will basically be here as long as he is. And and I also think right now there's only one other job I think that Pep wants and that's Spain. And I think right now the internal politics of Spain hiring him right now, <laughs> even if it comes available. <laughs> before I did, like, it's not a job he's getting right now. It's just not happening. And, 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 and I think that, like, you know, in a vacuum, that is a job he would love, but I think that right now, given the internal situation in Spain, I'm also not sure that he would want it right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I, mean? I think the situation to be a little bit more amicable. He would want to walk into an environment where the Spanish team were going to let him do what he did to bring home more World Cups. So I absolutely think that that would be his, you know, the sort of uh, final frontier for Pep if, if you want to get nerdy about it. But I just think right now that he ain't going back to Spain. He will never coach in Spain because and I, if and it's, I don't really see that changing anytime soon. No, he's not going and back. That, obviously, that, that political situation is not getting resolved in the very near future. He ain't going back to Germany. Uh, he is a guy that will not coach at a club, a, a rival club or any other. I don't think he will go to another Premier League club. He just won't do it. He and, won't let him. He'll. I think, frankly, Guardiola is going to leave the Premier League on his terms. Yep. And then when once he does, he's not coming back. Well, once he leaves, I think he's done with club management. I, I, I don't see Guardiola going, you know. The only play, country, and I, I confess that this is unlikely, but the only country I could see him going to is Italy because he's always had somewhat of a fascination with Italian football. Uh-huh. But it's, Just don't see it happening. The quality of the league is not, you know. It was in the 90s yeah, at all. If, 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 we're, if it were 1995, I would be like, oh, we're going to lose it to Italy. It's not walking through that door. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah that's, that's the only country I could see him managing a club level in. And even I don't that. see him managing at, at, at a place like Juventus, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't see him taking a Roma. I don't see him taking over AC Milan. Like, they're just in financial straits or, or coming out of financial straits trying to get themselves back on. I just don't see this stuff. Like, City are like, who do you want? Oh, okay, here's $85 million for that, dude. Here's $50 million for that. They don't care. And he's not going to – if he goes to Italy, like, you know, I've completely invented this scenario now for us, so you're welcome. But if – if he goes to Italy, he is not, again, it's, it's going to be walking back into Germany, except probably with less financial muscle to throw around. Yeah, so, so I think we're all in agreement that unless Pep suddenly decides, I'm retiring at the end of my three years, like, yeah. it's been fun, guys. I, I think five years or longer for Manchester to, City. To be blunt, he, for all the talk about, you know, and I know that he likes to talk about, you know, as long as they have faith in me to do this job, you know, they could, if I don't win, they fire me. It's like, no, buddy, you got this job as long as you want it. <laughs> well, especially because you know success is going. Exactly. He is going, if, if, if he's going, and he already has, like, you know, I'm not like, not every season is going to be like this. Let's be clear. But he's already brought success. And, you know, he's already. I'm just going to say it in the past ten. He's already won a league title. Why can't it be like this? Why? Yeah. What? Who in the Premier League right now is on the level of Pep? 
why can't this happen year in and year out? Like, do you, do you remember when I said that I'm like a cynic at heart? This is me being like, this can't be real, can it? This can't keep happening, can it? Club <laughs> is set up to dominate possession, and they have already proven. Remember when people used to say Pep ain't coming to the Premier League with that seventy percent BS. Well, Pep's in yeah, the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, he is. <laughs> 100% BS, and it just keeps happening over it's One and... of the many things that has been so immensely satisfying about this season is that basically every... Because what have we read since the day he walked in? Oh, you can't walk in here and play like that and be successful. Yes, you can. Oh, that that's all too taxing. They're going to fade in December. No, they're not. Oh, that, you know... <laughs> Mourinho, this is Mourinho's league. Mourinho's won this league. Mourinho knows how to win in this league. How's how's Jose doing these days? You tell me. This is supposed to be the good year of the three-year Mourinho reign. And and he's already like benching Pogba. Yeah, he's 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 alienated Pogba. He's he's alien. He's he's currently and in the process of Zlatan Ibrahimovic too. Apparently, he's, he's not injured at all. He's taking a hatchet job to Luke Shaw's career. He. <laughs> He has he's managed to make Alexis Sanchez look like crap. Well, um, I'm not so sure Alexis Sanchez was playing at the height. Like it's been kind of weird. Like I I feel I wanted Sanchez, and even after he went to United, I still felt like damn that was a player that really could have helped. I think he would have been more successful here. I mean, I struggle with it. I I, I, I just think you know. I, <laughs> way too often even when there's nobody it's just he's not i don't know what he's doing but right now a lot of mistakes are on him and i know that Mourinho's no, helping him but, but my, not- my 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 overarching question as to sanchez and manchester united as a whole is what is their identity what mm-hmm. are they as a club big, big question nobody i have knows. no idea i don't know what they're trying to do i don't honestly know and this is not me sitting here as a Man City fan slating Man United for the fun of it. I genuinely do not know. I, I can't what figure out what is. they're doing. If they're supposed like, to be defensive, they're their, not. Their strategy, their transfer strategy seems to just be. Well, I mean, first of all, United need a director of football because there's no over. They go through man. They've gone through so many managers since Ferguson left that they their the transfer strategy. It is aborted after three years, and then you're left with a bunch of players, square pegs, and round holes, and then you have to sell half the club. Like Mourinho's time, oh, we have to get ten guys out of here. Well, no, these are ten guys that you bought that were bought within the last four or five years. So every time the manager changes, the the transfer strategy changes, which leads to no continuity whatsoever. Um, and 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 moreover, their transfer strategy seems to be the the shiniest object available. I, yeah, you know, or, 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 or get that player from that club so yeah. that this club don't get them. You know, like, Sanchez uh, is out there. Oh, he's good. How does he fit? We'll figure it out later. We need him. Yeah, he was going to uh, go to – quick, call his agent and tell him we'll pay more. You know, Pog – you know, and that was a desperation move. You know, Pogba, it, it, you know, I love Pogba as a player at Juve. I would have taken him on City in a minute. But the strategy with Pogba seems to be he's really good um, – you know, and there is the storyline of him having unfinished business here. Sign him up. We'll figure out the rest later. They haven't figured out the rest. They take such a massive step back. Like Mourinho what? and Pogba genuinely do not seem to know what to do with each other. They don't seem to know how, you know, Mourinho's genuinely... 
only developing more and more faith in McTominay as the season goes on, too. Mm-hmm. That's not helping Pogba's Wait, case. How many unqualified successes has Mourinho signed for them? Matic? And... Yeah, Maddich has been probably one of their better players. I would 100% this. say Maddich has been a success for them, no doubt. Oh, but also, who else? McTominay has been really good since he's yeah, come up. He has he's been, one but, of you know, he's not, he's not a signing, he's a youth player. No, yeah, he's yeah. a youth player, which I, mean, I think I, is I, important, I, just absolutely. as important. I like Lukaku as a player, but you can't sit here and say he's been a complete success for them. He's been one of their best players he's this one year. Of, he has oh. been one of their... I honestly think Lukaku is underrated. I don't I think people think he's give, put his heart out for those guys on occasion and got. I, I don't. I don't think people give him enough credit because you look at games like the Derby where he assists both City goals and it's easy to slate him because he cost eighty million and he missed chances. I think that Lukaku is underrated. I think he's a better creative player than he gets credit for. But I also think that you know he needs to up his goal scoring somewhere along the way. Not yeah, necessarily to I the levels of like service. Yeah, I think if. He, there the a of, there's a lot of pressure on him, and he's not getting the service. I think if he were getting regular service, that goals would resume for him because but he that, seems. That goes back to the, yeah. the yeah, and I mean, this is again Mourinho, a guy who sold him at Chelsea, is suddenly paying eighty million for him. It's it just what what's the strat? Like you look at Manchester City, and, and you know exactly what they're trying to do with every signing they make, every game they play, everything they do. There's a clear, coherent strategy. Liverpool, you know exactly what Klopp is going for. You can question whether, you know, it works or whatever, but you know exactly what he's going for. I don't know what United are going for. I don't know. I honestly don't know what their strategy is long term. Even Chelsea have a plan under Conte whether or not Avic wants to stick with it. It's become a significantly less successful plan, but... um, I, I, I think that's partially because Conte is is rigid in his structure. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be three at the back. And that's I also the... think that part of it is because Conte doesn't have the kind of power he wants at that club. Yeah. Uh, he, he, I think he thought he was going to be getting uh, more, yeah. and he got he got Abramovich. Which is funny, because everyone who knows, takes the Chelsea job should really know what they're walking into by now. You're going to be hamstrung at some point. You just Which I like, because everybody who's walked into the city job has really been given latitude to bring yeah. in players. Like Arguably whether, too much in some cases. Yeah, whether or not Sterling and De Bruyne were of Guardiola's persuasion, even though he wasn't at the club yet. Or I Pelligri- wouldn't say persuasion, but I would say that the thumbs up was given, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I, dude, I know. I, I honestly believe before Guardiola took this job that, that there was a list of players he's like, hey, this would be great. You and can look at City's transfer business prior to the 15-16 season and see it in, and, yeah, see, and see his influence. It's impossible in it. not to see where Guardiola comes in with those players. That, that That's my struggle. You're telling me all of a sudden Manuel Pellegrini was like, I have these guys. No, man. <laughs> Pellegrini. And, 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 and all of a sudden, Bayern, Bayern Munich or, or bought Wilfred Bonnie, and yeah. you're telling me he scouted Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling on his own? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and suddenly, you know, Kevin De Bruyne is available in Bayern Munich or like being yeah. pushed off the wage demands. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right, right. You know, I'm sure yeah. Pellegrini did all of that. So I don't know. You you could see Guardiola's influence. It's it's going to be curious. We both agree that he's going to stay here, though. 
Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk quickly, because we've gone on for a while. But let's, let's, subject. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's talk quickly about the league and the question that you wanted to get to, which is, given that the Man United... The, Man- the Manchester Derby is wedged firmly between the two legs of the Champions League. And with the knowledge that if City do beat Everton on the 31st, they will be set up to win the league if they beat United. I believe the, the way that this is phrased over there is stick or twist. Do you go for it against United to win the league there, or do you rotate a bit and take your chances later on? And not necessarily take your chances because it is a formality at this point. But I, I, I am going with what Guardiola said. It does not matter when you win the league; it only matters that you win the league. Winning against United would be tremendous. It would be it's just one of those things that you'd love to do as a club. And when 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 do you really get that chance? You know, when do you when when do you get that opportunity to be like, guess what, guys? We got something you can suck it. Um but but here you've got another great opportunity and and, and the problem is it's another dangerous club. So I, <clears throat> look I think I think Guardiola is going to try something in the first leg to give himself the option. It's like, I come back to this. But if the option is not available, I I I I go with Liverpool. I, I I'm not taking United in this one. Yourself? My heart wants to go for it, but my head agrees with you. The thing is, they will still be able to play a strong team against United. Yeah. Like if you suppose you play the lineup that we suggested earlier in the podcast, throw out company and stones. You can rotate company and stones in. You can rotate uh, Danilo in. You can rotate. You don't have to change the goalkeeper. Um, you can rotate Sterling in. You can rotate Gabriel Jesus in. Um, you know, is no joke. That's it's still going to be a strong team, and the way United have played against you know strong teams this year. We know what Mourinho's going to try to do. He's going to he's going to park a triple decker bus in front of the goal. But yeah, if anything Mourinho wants to come out of there with with a yeah, nil. Just stop them from winning and didn't move on. Like I think that in, he he knows the league is gone. Everyone knows the league is gone. Um I honestly think that if it comes to that his his goal is just going to be get out of there with the point and make sure that they don't win it here. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I think he's going to do. I, and, and my only concern is that after that, you have to go to Spurs, which is going to be another really tough game, especially on the back of Liverpool. So you'd like to get it wrapped up as soon as possible, but you have an opportunity to do something. Yeah, but Harry Kane's gone. Harry Kane is gone, but, you know. I like I'll Spurs. Spurs without Harry Kane. I'm okay with that. That's fine. I'll take, that our, fine. I'll, I'll take our chances in that game. That is fine. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. You can still play a really strong team against United, and yeah, honestly, I don't know what you do in the midfield, but you have you have I think options. You bring in Silva, and I think you play him about sixty minutes. Maybe you play one close to the full ninety. And frankly, but, sixty minutes of those two would be might be enough to win that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking here. You know, you're going to have a different strategy. You're going to rest guys. 
They're they're going to be mean, like no no disrespect to Manchester United, but the way City play, they had the derby won at Old Trafford by by the hour mark. They were up two one. Yeah, and that was a defensive mistake that led to the one. So you can <laughs> you can frankly win that game. You think and, this is going to be like the Newcastle game for United? Yeah, they're going to you, can, you they're can win that game. You can win that game in 60 minutes and then spend the last half hour joining Jose Mourinho and strangling the life out of it. If you win the league and you get past Liverpool, do you from then on just play who cares teams and and focus on the Champions League? First thing I do is I give Pep a knighthood. Second thing I do... (laughs) (laughs) the The second thing I do is, yeah. I mean, well, not... I don't know when the se- with the dates for the semifinal. The, the invincible deal is off. You can't do it anymore. So does it really matter how many losses you have? Like the no, point is, won the league earlier than anybody's ever won it. Like you won the league by a commanding total. Like when but, but, you but, did but, it. Hold on. Let me let me look at the dates for this because I want to get them right. Champions League semifinal dates twenty eighteen. So the dates for the semifinals would be the 24th and the 25th and the 1st and 2nd of May. So here's what you're playing around then. You have, before the first leg, you have Man City at home against Swansea. They can win that game without a full-strength team. 29th, between the two legs, you go to West Ham. Please let me play West Ham at the London Stadium right now. Please, for God's sake, I think that... (laughs) You do not need a full-strength team to win that game, the way things are going over there right now. Nope. The fifth, home against Huddersfield. Don't care. You can win that game easily. With Aaron Dewey probably tears us up again, but... <laughs> no, no. I, you can absolutely win that game at home without a full-strength team. No doubt in my mind. And then you don't even have a game ahead of the final against Southampton, another team that are fighting relegation right now. You can win all four of those games. You can win all four of those games without playing, without either playing a full strength team or having enough rest to do. About Spurs, then, right? You just like take a second loss. Just... Spurs, you just deal with it. You know, I mean, you assess everything beforehand. They'll have four days off before then, and then another eight days off after. So you might honestly be able to get away with that. But you know, I think the way the schedule shakes out from here. You save your full strength for the Champions League. If you can do it in the league, you do it. Um, but honestly, they don't need to play a full strength team in most they of those games. I kind of like that they got knocked out by Wigan. Like right now, I really do. Like because you literally only have Champions League and Premier League games left, which means week off, a week off, mm-hmm. a week. You know, <laughs> like. Uh-huh some serious rest for your guys like you could conceivably play full strength teams the entire way through and you'd be good yeah you just injury but you'd be good on rest yeah i mean absolutely i think this is such there's such a benefit to wrapping the league up as early as as you have i think that's why pep does it I think that's why focus is on it. I think that's why there's sort of an emphasis on it, even though he won't admit it in public. If you win the league as early as possible, all you have left to focus on is what's in front of you. And 
Right. And it is it is something that that Premier League teams haven't been afforded because you know there's the the league here usually goes down at least to you know April. City basically have it informally won by the end of March and have had it much earlier than that. If we're being blunt, um, there hasn't been any serious competition since the Derby in December. No. Nope. So, so, well. Liverpool. Well, I mean, in terms of who's going to take the league from them. Oh, right, 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 right. I mean, wasn't it like six points after the Derby? It was more than that. It was, I think, it was closer to like ten or eleven. Um, but I, it, United got them close, and then it just like it's, it's, it's been. I but mean, a while. It was a while before that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the table on. What was match week? Match week a little. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure which one that was, but like you know, you look at as of match week 18, which is almost halfway through the season. That was 18 games played. City were 17 points ahead, and their, their most recent win was that was. Yeah, you know, that was after December 16th when they beat Spurs. They were or they were 16 points ahead. 17 points ahead, excuse me. No, I'm looking at the goals for category. They were 11 points ahead in mid-December. And they just kept winning. So, you know, I think after the Derby, there was sort of an acceptance that this is over, as long as they keep doing this. And um, at at the very least, since February, it's been been done. Which has afforded them... Since the Champions League knockout round started, when the Champions League knockout round started, the league was a formality. And that is a luxury that basically no Premier League team has ever had. It's so great playing Arsenal in a final, too. It's just <laughs> I didn't feel bad for them, but I came close, which is saying something because I never feel It was bad. Arsenal after they got rid of Alexi Sanchez, mm-hmm. too. So you're just like, man. And then, this having to, and then getting to go to the Emirates on the back of that. Like, and pound him again. Like, come on. That was basically televised abuse. That was. That was so great. It was, it well, was one we, of the saddest things I've ever seen. We got one question. We got one question, and it's a good question. Um, it's from GrapeJuice13, who I have, who's, who follows, who I talk to on Twitter as a Tigers fan. I hope you're ready to bleed and lose 100 games this year, because I sure am. Um... This is a good question. Hazard or Sané? I think there's two ways of looking at it. And I think the answer is different each way. If you're asking me right now, like if I have a game tomorrow and I have to pick one of them for the team, I'm picking Hazard. If I am signing one for the next five plus years, I'm taking the five years younger Sané to do. Because the heights that he can reach, I don't know that we quite comprehend them. Yeah. Sané Sané is just a wealth of talent. He's got blistering pace. He absolutely abuses people with his with his dribbling. Like he he just embarrasses people left and right. Um he's he's productive. He's <laughs> he's a threat to score, he's a threat to assist, he's a threat to burn you, he's a threat to embarrass you like I mean, he's just—he's the entire package, and and I am so thrilled that City have this guy. But yeah, if I've got a game tomorrow, I'm 
And the funny thing is, is you'd probably want to start Hazard, like, around where you'd probably put De Bruyne or Silva. Like, I think that would be more beneficial to him. But, you know, natural number 10, so you can put him out there on the wing. I just... It would be interesting. I think Guardiola would have to mix things up a little to, to suit Hazard's abilities. But, yeah, on current form, I would take Hazard for a game tomorrow. But over the next five, six years, this isn't even a debate. Sané, no problem. Yeah. Um, it seems like a long time ago, the first half of last season, we were like, hmm, what is Leroy Sané? Yeah, is he just yeah. speed? Should, should you know what I think it started I can't remember. I always forget who the goal was against, but to me it was the most amazing goal. It's where he popped it up with his foot and then he caught it with the side of his foot coming down like almost an axe kick to to finish off the goal. It was a ridiculous goal. You know what I'm talking about? I do remember this, but I also don't remember who it was against. Right. It was inside one the box. Our, one of our it, intrepid Twitter followers can surely tell us. Yeah. It was that's right after that, like I feel Leroy Sane came on in just imperious form. I mean just absolutely imperious, man. Um that's that's pretty much the word I would use to describe him. So, uh, really, you can't go wrong with either player. Like, they're both really, really good players. Uh, both really different I, players. Yeah. Sign them both. I maintain my, my pipe dream is that Chelsea missed the Champions League and Hazard says, let me go, and Real Madrid, for whatever reason, don't go in for him because, like, Neymar may be something. I don't know. And then City are like, hey. Excuse Hi. <laughs> you want to come on over? I, wonder, I, I honestly wonder if he's ever regretted signing for Chelsea because City were in for him heavily when he signed for Chelsea. You know, mean, he's won two league titles, so it's yeah. not like we're sitting here with a guy who has been completely barren since he signed there. But I, I wonder if he looks at it now, and not that he could have known this would happen when, when it happened, but I wonder if he looks at it now and been like, gee, that might have been nice. That is always the one that... that, that and I know why it got away, but that's always been the one that got away for me. Hazard going to Chelsea instead. That That's one that every time I watch him play, I think, gosh, maybe we should have just paid the agent fee. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy, but uh, I don't know. I think he's fine. I think he's oh, fine. Oh, I agree. I is. think everything – I don't – yeah, I mean, I'm just, this is just sort of me daydreaming and musing, but, yeah. That's amazing. Apparently, Tessa Thompson is going to join Chris Hemsworth in a Men in Black spinoff. So she's going to go from Thor Ragnarok with Lee, uh, 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 with Chris Hemsworth to Men in Black with Chris Hemsworth. And that is your pop culture news of the podcast. That's my pop culture news of the day. It was just interesting to me because I love both actors. I have nothing to add. That, eh, nobody that ever is, does to that. That. Is, that is my. That is yeah. So. It, it, it's it's been I you know our, a mi- an hour and thirteen isn't bad for us. That's actually no, it's not especially when we haven't done one of these in months. It's it's been. It's been, it's been crazy. Yeah. It's so, been, what are, are we the rest of the way for the people listening? I assume that we're just we're going to do the occasional one of these and then get back to a more regular schedule, for like perhaps for the World Cup and ahead of next season. Um, 
I'm I'm looking forward to the World Cup now that I can not be vested in it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see if anyone gets poisoned. Um, yeah, on that note, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that um, lovely note, this podcast sponsored to you by Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> <laughs> if if it were more on topic, I would so name this that, but. Oh. <laughs> But we don't need to chase people away. I don't want people no. to think that this... No, we have nothing to do with Cambridge Analytica. People are like, I'm deleting that podcast. This podcast is unaffiliated with everything political. <laughs> Pretty much. Please, please, please don't don't lump us into that. So, uh, for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. If you're listening to this, then you have really stuck with us. So if you're hearing this, that means you've listened to the end after a lengthy hiatus, and we cannot appreciate you enough. We thank you. We will be back. Um, you know, John will be with us from time to time. Sometimes it'll be John and Josh. Sometimes it'll be me and John. Sometimes it'll be me and Josh. Sometimes it'll be all three of us. So I do want to put put shout out for John on here because he is every bit a part of us as us two. So you'll be hearing from him going forward as well. So, for Josh, I'm John. I'm not John. Jesus Christ. I'm Gray. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. You should. I'm gonna. <laughs> for Gray, I'm John. <laughs> there you go. I like that one. For I'm Gray, leaving, I'm John. I'm That's leaving all this in. I'm leaving all this in so that you know what what a mess we are. Um, I'm Gray. That was Josh. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll get back at you again soon. Enjoy the week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. <sighs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.